Could the man of steel be headed back to Tuscaloosa to be the defensive coordinator? Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Oh, good, 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 good. It's uh, Sunday. Grammys. Looking forward to the Grammys? You doing the Grammys? No. Oh, okay. Unless somebody's going to get up and slap somebody again. I don't even know if that was the Grammys. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, it's rock and roll. It could happen. Uh, thank you for making us your first listen. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. I'll talk about LinkedIn here in just a minute. Uh, we will also talk about in just a minute Alabama's nice win over LSU. I'm not using big win. I'm going to say nice win because they did what they were supposed to do. We'll talk about that. But I think the news of the day is uh, Kevin Steele potentially headed back to Alabama. He was at Alabama in 2007 um, He, when Nick Saban was there. He also uh, was a part of the Clemson – he was the Clemson defensive coordinator when they gave up 70 points against West Virginia in a bowl game several years ago, but he was also the defensive coordinator at Auburn. That was a, they had a salty, salty defense, very strong defense. And um, then he was also the defense coordinator at Auburn when he tried to uh, lead a bloodless clue, coup, <laughs> bloodless clue, bloodless coup, uh, and take over the head coaching position, which didn't work out too well. But he's also a pretty good businessman because he went to Tennessee for about 15 minutes and got a check for $900,000 to just drive through Knoxville, essentially. Um, anyway, there's a, you know, there would be some mixed reaction to this, I believe, especially on the heels of Alabama hiring an incredibly young offensive coordinator in Tommy Rees and then hiring what would seemingly be, in, at least in football years, an octogenarian. Um, it, it would be a little odd. But I could live with it, and maybe maybe it is a stopgap between uh, not having Jeremy Pruitt and having Jeremy Pruitt later on down the line. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the things that may even help uh, bring Jeremy Pruitt on as an analyst. Uh, and Kevin Steele are, are pretty close. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know if I want to use the word excited, uh, because Kevin Steele's been here before. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's nothing new, but based on where this hire could have gone, I think it's an excellent result. Um, first of all, Kevin Steele's been around a long time. He, he knows coach Saban's system really, really well, which is hugely important. Uh, secondly, let's not minimize what he did at Auburn. I, I looked at the numbers today before we did the show, Luke. At Auburn, as a defensive coordinator, he did a really good job in 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, and even 2020 sort of when it fell off because that's when they that's when everything hit the fan over there. But but really for four to five seasons he was good. And let's remember Auburn Auburn wasn't beating out Alabama for players during that period of time. Al Alabama's going to have much better talent to work with than Auburn did through that period of time. But Kevin Steele was very good as Auburn's defensive coordinator through that time. 
playing against some up-tempo spread offenses too. Um, you know, uh, Auburn plays the same teams we do. And 2016 to 2020, we weren't always defending that great. Um, so I, I, overall, I would be really pleased if it's Kevin Steele. And as we sit here today at, at 11 a.m. on Sunday, uh, I would bet that, that it is going to be Kevin Steele. I would bet that, but I, I, I don't know that it is. So we can't report it at Bama Insider, but I, I would sort of bet that it is. Well, I was muted. You sort of, but I unmuted myself in time to talk, but you sort of just trailed off there. I, I thought you were about to. Anyway, um, the one thing that I think uh, people could have a gripe about when it comes to Kevin Steele mm. um, is it does feel like, and maybe it's, this is totally unfair, but because of what went down uh, at Auburn when he was trying to uh, oust Gus Malzahn and uh, he he was, you know, people thought that he would get the gig or there was at least a, a power move to get him to get the gig at Auburn and it didn't work out. It feels like you could label him as a, a troublemaker, I suppose, but, but considering who our head coach is, right. I would say that would not be relevant in this particular scenario. Is yeah, that fair? Different, different situation, a hundred million percent over. And I don't know what went on at Auburn. I mean, we can we, we, we can say we know, and, and I, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I don't know. It, it was something like you're describing, I'm sure, uh, whereas it seems that some powers that be wanted Gus out, wanted Kevin in as to his level of participation. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't hold it against him. Auburn's a, a different place. Uh, they have different rules over there in terms of how things are run. Uh, and Alabama, Nick Saban is large and in charge. In fact, I would say Kevin Steele, one of the great qualities of this hire would be that Kevin Steele is loyal to Nick Saban. Uh, he likes Saban. This will be his third time coming coming to Alabama to work for Nick Saban. Uh, this would be his, his uh, you know, I, I would say his biggest contribution yet. He was a D.C. prior, but that was when the Saban program was getting up and running. Now it's firmly established. He's coming here to win a national championship, whereas, you know, when he was DC here initially, it was just sort of in, in the building. Uh, he's a good recruiter. I think even at his age, he can really help us with recruiting. Probably not uh, like when he was younger and there was more more energy and more of a can't wait to hit the road and get out there kind of thing. It'd be interesting to me, Luke, generally one of Alabama's coordinators is sort of a stay in Tuscaloosa and coach the team while the other coordinator is a recruiter. I wouldn't be surprised this go around if Tommy Reese wasn't actually out recruiting quite a bit while Kevin Steele was more of the stay-at-home coordinator. We've been doing it the other way around recently with the offensive guy not, not doing much in recruiting. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm for this. It's, you know, There's a limited pool of candidates. For those that are upset, I, I saw somebody say, gosh, you know, 100 defensive coordinators in this country and this is the one we choose – that person that said that just doesn't understand how Nick Saban works in terms of his defense. Nick Saban is only going to have extensive experience in the Nick Saban 3-4 over-under defense. Uh, if you've worked for Nick, if you've coached this defense before, if you've coached for Nick and then use this defense somewhere else, that's fine too. Like the guys that have 
you know, worked under Muschamp or worked under Kirby, uh, you know, worked under Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, you know, those guys ran the Saban defense. Well, Kevin Steele ran the Saban defense even when he was at Auburn. Uh, so that's who Nick Saban considers. So the pool of candidates is pretty small. And, and based on the fact that the pool of candidates is small, I, I think the Steele hire is fantastic. I know everybody wanted Pruitt. It was just deemed that it's not doable at this time. Uh, maybe it will be doable in a year, maybe two years, maybe three years. I wouldn't think at Kevin Steele's age, he's here for the long haul. So as you pointed out, uh, Luke, I, I think that there's a chance that Kevin Steele could be a bridge to Pruitt. But what's most important is, will Alabama have a quality defensive coordinator this fall? You know, I, I, I know I have a higher opinion of Pete Golding than a lot of Alabama fans do. But uh, even having a higher opinion of Pete than most, I would say Golding to Kevin Steele is, is is certainly, you know, it's not a downgrade. It's not a downgrade. I think it's arguably an upgrade uh, based on Kevin's work at at Auburn. Uh, Kevin had a Kevin had a better run at Auburn than I would say Pete had at Alabama when you factor in the talent level. To be honest. Oh, I think that's very very fair to say, and um, you know. Like you said, this is this is probably a stopgap. So, I mean, I don't think anybody needs to panic too much about this. It's not like Kevin Steele is in this for the the 10-year long haul. And, in fact, no coordinator is in it for the 10-year long haul just about anywhere ever. So, it doesn't matter. Oh, and I've, I've been forgetting to mention this. I just did some research. A uh, good friend uh, smartly told me I should look this up because he, he thinks it's a factor, and I did. Uh, can't be too much of a coincidence that uh, I believe to be vested in the Alabama system, uh, retirement system, you need uh, 10 years of service. And I went back and counted up Kevin Steele's time at Alabama and Auburn, and he is sitting right squarely at nine. So this this, se this season will vest him uh, in the retirement system in Alabama. He has such a very high salary at Alabama this upcoming fall, plus the one that he had at Auburn. Uh, so, so it'd be a good, good retirement plan for Kevin Steele at his age too. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about LinkedIn as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs with LinkedIn jobs. You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond the resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them with connect with them fast and for free. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want it to and helps you find them faster. Post your job free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions may and they probably will apply. You should also go check out Locked On College Basketball. A lot of Alabama talk these days, a lot of SEC talk. And uh, you want to go see Locked On College Basketball. They are the best at what they do, and they're part of this Locked On family, and uh, they would appreciate you giving them a listen. Jimmy, I also want to thank everybody who recently subscribed. Uh, you know, I put a tweet out. We were at about 3,975, I think, 3,975 3, subscribers, and 
I just said, hey, Jimmy and I are begging for new subscribers. So try and get us to 4,000. We've gotten, uh, as of this recording, 4,013 subscribers now. Um, oh, love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, really do appreciate it. Please keep that up. It is it is uh, awesome stuff. So, Jimmy, let's talk about um, the basketball game yesterday. Sure. And um, Alabama did not have its A game. Uh, in fact, I would say for the better part of the game, Alabama slept walked. Um, you could tell that this is a team that knew they beat this uh, squad by 40 points earlier. And they were playing in a gym, which, you know, had all the electricity of a cave in Wuhan. Um, so <laughs> can we do bats. Wuhan jokes yet? I don't know. Um, bats. So, There's bats in the belfry. Um, anyway, you know, it, it, it. what I loved about it was Brandon Miller got in foul trouble. He had to sit for a while. I don't love that because I don't want that to happen much. It's a weird thing but to I love. love. I love the fact that we overcame it. And sure. I'm going to say this again. Okay. First of all, I, I've got to go back and look. I, I hadn't thought about I keep saying that Dominic Welch is going to do something to, uh, to, you know, to win a game for us. I don't remember his playing yesterday, and I watched the whole thing. I don't remember it. Um, I need to go look that up. While you go on a rant here in a minute, I'm going to look that up. But I'm going to say this again. Rylan Griffin is a dude. I'm telling you, he should start getting some consideration for all freshman SEC. When he comes in, I don't know what his plus minus is, and I don't really know how to calculate that. But whatever, however you calculate it, it should be calculated. When Ryland Griffin's on the floor, good things happen. And now maybe he's not – maybe he can't give us 28 minutes. Maybe he can't give us, you know, 30 minutes or whatever. Um, and maybe he needs some time to get acclimated to that. When he's out there – he does everything he can do. He's sort of the Vinny Microwave Johnson from the old Bad Boys Pistons teams to me. I mean, he, he doesn't need to start. But when he comes out there, good things happen in general. And it when we needed big shots, he was there. And, in fact, um, he's like fourth in SEC play in terms of making uh, three-pointers at like 40%. And I, if you had asked me, all right, in SEC play, what player is making the highest percentage? Well, obviously, I think we'd all say Brandon Miller. Um, but I would I would have said Rylan Griffin was second because it feels like every time he takes one, he makes it. And maybe it's because the ones he misses are more in garbage time, it feels like, or we already got the game in hand. When he makes them, it's at a point where we needed a three-pointer. Like yesterday, LSU, every time LSU got a little close, either he or Namari Burnett, who also played wonderfully yesterday, uh, made a huge play. So good to see those two guys doing their thing. Uh, this is the mark of a team that can go deep in March. And if you're an Alabama fan, um, you love seeing Purdue lose against Indiana yesterday, because not because it, it, you want to be number one. I don't think Alabama's going to make it number one regardless this week. But I think it just it, it makes you realize, okay, everybody's beatable. I mean, this is this is kind of it's kind of wide open now. I mean, there, there's an upper tier, and I think Alabama's a part of it. But I think I don't think there's a team in the country that we can't beat. Now that being said when we show our youth like we did at Oklahoma, who got hammered, by the way, at West Virginia last night, we can also look bad. So we got to, we got to keep our, our heads about us, but I'm, I'm feeling better and better and better about this team every single week. Absolutely. And, and, you know, what, what was great to me is like you said, overcoming adversity on the road, Brandon Miller's foul trouble, 
Noah Clowney gets beat up a little bit. Betty Ako gets beat up a little bit. Not everybody had their best game. And then all of a sudden, uh, who wins this game for Alabama? Namari Burnett, uh, Ryle and Griffin. I mean, that they, they sort of led the charge yesterday. And the and the sign of a the sign of a good team is that you have a superstar like a Brandon Miller, and, and then you got some 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 pretty good role players around him. That's a good team. Here's a great team. A great team is one that has Brandon Miller on it, and Brandon Miller can be a no-show, and you still win the game on the road by 10. That's a great team. Alabama also didn't score a field goal, I think, in the last seven minutes of that game and still won by 10, uh, which, show, which shows how they made great defensive stops and made their free throws uh, yesterday down the stretch to win the game. So I, I think, again, it's not one of Alabama's best performances by any means, but it's more indication of how good this team really is or how great this team really is. I think they are now the fourth Alabama team to make it to 10-0 and in the SEC. Uh, just an incredible record in, in a tough league. Uh, you got Florida next at home, which is super winnable. And next Saturday, the road trip to Auburn. And as good as Auburn is, and they're a very good team, and they got some great players. They really do, and Bruce Pearl's an excellent coach. Uh, there's no doubt about that, <clears throat> but that environment, that environment is going to be really tough. I don't know that any team in the country could go into Auburn and win when they're frothing at the mouth because it's Alabama and game day will be there. But anyway, let's not skip over Florida. Florida is a chance to go 11 and 0 in the SEC. Florida's a quality team. That's a, a team that's going to give you another bump in the net and the net and the RPI and stuff like that because Florida's pretty good. They're not awesome, but they're pretty good. And, uh, man, I just couldn't be happier to watch his team play and for Nate Oates to say that he wasn't thrilled with the effort. Uh, <laughs> you can tell uh, Nate Oates has been Sabanized a, a, a little bit. I mean, he's he's always pushing, pushing, pushing instead of just sitting back going, hey, you know what, we're pretty good. Um, <laughs> well, we are pretty good. But uh, and part of the reason is coach just keeps pushing this bunch because he knows there's a he knows there's more gas in this tank. Jimmy, I need to tell everybody about Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, then you gotta try Built Bar. I was at Lifetime this morning. Built Bars galore. Saw several people eating them. Everybody loves them. Built Bars are just fantastic. We just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you like me and you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise taste, then man, if I got the thing for you, got to try Built with Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You won't think they're good for you, but they are perfect for your New Year's resolutions. I'm telling you, I just sent a whole package of Built Bars to my son in Arizona State because he absolutely loves them. He's a workout warrior, MMA guy, and he says these things are perfect and they're delicious. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, all those great things. I don't know how they do it, but they do a great job of it. Only 100, 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't have to wait around to get your box via mail. For years, we've been talking about ordering your build built.com, which you still can do, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs or whatever. If you're closer to a Sam's, run into Sam's. Go there, get a 13 bar box with our hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later or just go to built.com. You'll absolutely love them. All right, Jimmy, um, 
you know, I did want to throw this out there. First of all, game day, uh, college basketball game day will be at Auburn. I don't know if you said that earlier. I don't think you did. I think I, think I did. Okay, I what? I'm going to say it again. They're going to be at game day for Auburn. Um, so, yeah, that place will be frothing at the mouth. And the other thing is, because game day, uh, the game is at 1 o'clock, game day ends at 11. So they have a nice, like, segue. A lot of times when you have a game day basketball, the game is not till that night. So there's like a big lull in between, and maybe that can take some edge off the crowd. It's not going to take edge off the crowd this time. Um, in fact, if I had to make a prediction right now, I would predict Auburn to win that game just because that's the kind of game they win. But Lord have mercy knows would I love to win this contest. Now, that being said, I'm with you. Do not overlook Florida. Florida played really well against Kentucky. Yes, they lost, but Kentucky's won like seven SEC games in a row. So uh, don't, don't, you know, I'm glad Kentucky's out of our way, frankly. Yeah. I do want to throw one other thing out there. You know, one of the favorite players on the team is Nick Pringle. Um, and somehow, some way, every single game, no matter what it is, like no matter what happens, he seems to find a way to be like, uh, to, to get in the camera. Like he's just a, the camera just seems to find him. And th- th- there's this picture of, of him when it was uh, 75, 63. And it's like, he's shushing the referee. I think yeah. he was shushing the crowd. He was shushing the crowd. It was after a big shot. Uh, it was after a big shot. I know, but it looked like he was shushing the referee. And frankly, Pat Adams needed to be shushed because he did a horrible job yesterday. Um, he called that really terrible tiki-tack tech on Nate Oates. Um, and then he called a cylinder foul on uh, Jaden Bradley, who apparently fouled the man with his chin. <laughs> um, I, I, again, I, I you know, home cooking is home cooking. Auburn tasted some home cooking yesterday. I thought that, the, the, uh, just talking about some other SEC games, I thought that was a foul on the on the Tennessee player against Wendell Green. But I'll say this. I don't think it was as egregious as a lot of people are saying. I, I would have called a foul. I have no problem saying that. But Wendell Green has done this thing where he kicks his legs out so much. And when you flop enough, people just get tired of it. And he flopped to the point where both legs literally wrapped around him like he was on the poster of The Notebook. You know, the movie where, like, the woman jumps into the guy's arms and her legs wrap around his legs, her legs wrap around his chest, is too much. He It was so over the top that I think the official was like, I, I can't call that. I mean, if you if you just fall down, I maybe he calls it. But the, the over-the-topness, the bad acting is what hurt. Um, it doesn't mean there wasn't a foul. I do think there was a foul. But, again – that game was an absolute, and I'm so tired of this cliche, but it's so true. That game was an absolute rock fight. It was so tough to watch. Both of those teams just are offensively anemic. And, um, you know, I, that doesn't mean those teams can't beat Alabama when they play them at home. Uh, they, they certainly can because they both play good defense. But I'm hoping that Alabama's offense can make up for some of that. So we'll see. Um, Kentucky gets a win over Florida, as we talked about. Kentucky's getting hot at the right time. I know they lost at home to Kansas. Uh, Purdue losing, going nationally. I don't know who's going to be number one. I know Houston plays Temple today. They've already lost at home to Temple. They could lose again. And I suppose with Tennessee's losing to Florida midweek, with Purdue's losing yesterday, and Alabama going 2-0 this week, uh, two big wins, you know, one by double digits on the road, one uh, by 57 at home. 
I suppose there's an opportunity for Alabama to move number one, even if Houston were to win, maybe a tight game. I don't know that I want to be number one right now. I don't feel like we will have earned that number one. I feel like putting a one next to our name going to Auburn just guarantees a loss. I'm with you. (laughs) I don't know why. I feel like that would make it even harder to win at Auburn. And it's going to be hard enough as it is. I just, you know, basketball, college basketball, I don't know that there's a sport on the planet where home court has a bigger role in a win. And uh, and, and and the level of intensity, uh, hey, they get up for Alabama. I get it. I mean, and that's it's it's the, for lack of a better word, the little brother syndrome, the underdog syndrome, the we're fighting the Death Star syndrome. Uh, they they get up for Alabama, and, and sometimes we don't always match that intensity uh, across multiple sports, to be honest, because, I mean, no one's more intense than the underdog that feels like they're fighting for their life. Uh, but, gosh, next Saturday is going to be tough. But, yeah, you got to beat Florida first. Colin Castleton will be a tough matchup for us. He's a tough matchup for everybody. Florida is really competitive in every game they play. They haven't always won, but they're very competitive uh, game. He owned Shibway yesterday. He owned Shibway. That's saying a lot. That's saying a lot. And and Jimmy, you know, you're speaking of the Auburn thing, and I don't mean to interrupt you. I guess we got to go anyway. But um, I saw something. I think it was on an ESPN crawler or somewhere. I, I was trying to look it up while you were talking. I'm pretty sure I saw a stat where Auburn is like, oh, and 18 against number one team, number one or number two teams, you know, their last 18 matchups. Mm-hmm. And so they, they would be the most Auburn thing ever for Alabama to come in at one or two and then break that streak, right? right. I mean, that would be the Auburnest thing that's ever Auburn. It, so, it almost makes you feel like, okay, now, now they're definitely going to win. I'm, it's <laughs> a guarantee. <laughs> um, Let me say this about that, though. I want to beat Auburn badly. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Personally, I would rather beat Auburn from a practical standpoint. If you say, all right, Luke, you can, your team is going to lose either at Auburn or at Tennessee. You pick, I'm going to lose at Auburn. The reason being, we have a three game lead on them and a two game lead on Tennessee. The Tennessee game is bigger in terms of winning the SEC. The Tennessee game is bigger. And again, I'm going to die on this hill, maybe by myself. I know everybody judges basketball by how far you go in the tournament. Like th- th- people still give Alabama fans heck, Auburn fans specifically about <laughs> y'all got put out in the sweet 16 with your best team ever in, in 2021 or whatever. And I'm like, that team also won the SEC and won the SEC tournament and had the player of the year and the defensive player of the year. And, and that guy didn't even win the MVP of the SEC tournament. Javon Quinterly yep. did. Yep. So, I mean, that's a great year to me. I know we only went to the Sweet 16, and it year. sucks. It sucks we ran into a UCLA team that got hot as rip, and they went to the Final Four themselves. That sucks. If we don't play UCLA and we play some other team, we'd probably go to the Final Four that year. But we didn't, and it, it's okay. But I, I'm not going to accept that year being called a failure because we only made it to Sweet 16. No, no, no. Okay. I, not, not, it can only be judged against Alabama standards, and by Alabama right. standards – that was an, an unbelievable season, maybe arguably our best season of all time. So uh, this season, so far, 
let's just say we're on track to maybe have our greatest season ever on track. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you guys so much and appreciate. Keep subscribing. Keep subscribing. Appreciate you guys a ton. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, roll tight. Roll tight.